You are listening to a message from Southview Church, located right outside of Nashville in Spring Hill, Tennessee. Now here's our featured sermon of the week. We're in the midst of our series, DEEP, which is an acronym. That's right. And it's the word for the year. That's right. Last week we did the D, which is discipleship. There you go. You were paying attention. And today we are going to do the E, which Which is is engagement. Engagement. And it's completely ironic that we are here in an empty room talking about you getting engaged. Yeah. And if you're watching (laughs) online right now, this is the perfect time to get in the chat and say, I'm engaged. Say that right now. Say, I'm engaged. Let us know because we want to make sure you're engaged. Somebody actually got engaged, like for real. During our message. (laughs) This would be amazing. Amazing. All right. There you go. If you're getting engaged right now and someone's on their knee, make sure you're saying I'm presently being engaged. Um, Which brings us to our engagement. Right which was an amazing Christmas Eve night yes. that you came to my home with your family. Right. And you got down on one knee That's right. and asked me to marry you. Yeah. And um, it was beautiful. That Thank was a you. long time ago. It getting was a ready long to time celebrate. Ago. How old were you? I was 19 years Nine-teen. old. 19. And I didn't know he was going to do it. I was completely surprised at Good. that moment because, I mean, who gets engaged at 19? No. Wow. But it's been the best decision. I'm fully engaged. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my kids and my son's 19. And That's our, true. Like, I'm like, wow. I mean, we're and all we're about... we're still together. That's true. 47 <laughs> years of marriage. That's no. what we've been in marriage. It'll be, what, 22? 22. In April or 1999, oh. the year Prince wrote a song. Oh, wow. Anyway, we are digressing rapidly. <laughs> the reality is, is the engagement we're talking about. Yes, it's a is, little different. But it's similar. It's similar to being engaged, right? Because when I asked you to marry me, there was a commitment that you had to make in your heart in that moment, right? right. I was presenting you a ring, and I said, Leanne, would you marry me? And in that split moment, now we, we kind of knew. I, I, I wasn't just popping the question out of nowhere. Right. We had already talked about, I had asked your parents, which, which young people, men watching this, ask the parents for permission. It's the right thing to do. Right. I, asked you for, I asked them for permission. And when I presented it to you, you had to make a choice. Do I want to be engaged That's right. to be committed to be interactive with this man for the rest of my life. It's true. So this word engagement, the second letter in the acronym DEEP, it, it really means this, recalibrating and reprioritizing people towards a biblical lifestyle. Recalibrating and reprioritizing. You know why I said that? The re's? Why? Because we were, as a church, when we were created, when the church was created in Acts, mm-hmm. it was natural and normal, but we have gotten off course. And right. I want to show you. I'm sure you have your Bibles. You have your phones. Acts 2. Go there right now. Acts 2. Acts 2, of course, is the amazing story of Pentecost. Holy Spirit comes and encounters people, and they get fired up. They get empowered. The dynamite, the dunamis, the power comes upon them, and it empowers Peter to preach a great message that impacts thousands. And in fact, Acts 2, verse 41, it says, So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Can you imagine? No, that's amazing. This is a brand new religion. There is no book. There's no uh, Rick Warren Purpose Driven Life handbook that people can pop out and go, okay, this is what we got to do. There's no how to build church plants, things like that. Literally, they are making this up on the fly. They're going off the history of what Jesus spoke. He's preaching the gospel. 3,000 people say yes to this, and now they have to figure out what to do. Very next verse, it says, and they devoted themselves 
That's key right there. Yeah, exactly. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. And an awe came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all, say all. All. All who believed were together and had all. All. all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to, all. there you go, as any had need. And day by day, I love this, attending the temples together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, hallelujah, and having favor with all. There you go, all <laughs> the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Wow. like That's engagement. That's engagement. That not only that is engagement, but that's the fruit of engagement. Awesome. So here we are, the engaged church, but the title of our message called the plugged in church. Come on, say plugged in. The plugged in. Plugged church. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plugged the in. plugged in church. You can write that on your notes because I know you're taking notes. The plugged <laughs> in church. Now, before we go any further, I want to say this: when we're talking about engagement, it's really twofold. It's being engaged with God, which is personal, and being engaged with each other, which is the corporate church. And we, we as pastors, obviously love the church. We love the church. We love the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that. But we also know that none of this will work if you're not personally engaged with God in your own private way. That's right. So we need both. Say both. Both. There you go. Oh. So we've done some research, haven't we? <laughs> We're always doing research for you people. Come on now, research. So we did a research yeah. uh, regarding the pandemic that we just went through back in 2020 and wow, continuing. 20, back in 2020. <laughs> back in the day. Just like so long ago. Oh my gosh, what a couple of years. Um, but if you remember, Italy was one of the first countries to go yeah. into lockdown, yeah, yeah. so they did a little... We, we were in Israel, remember that? We were I doing do a tour of Israel, and we were listening to what was happening in Italy, we and like, it felt, so, it felt so far away. I know, and we just barely made it back in Got here. back in. <laughs> anyway, so mm. Italy did a, um, a, what do you call it, a questionnaire online, of course, but they polled 1,250 adults from... Um, quarantine. And among the results that emerged was that the participants perceived lower levels of spiritual well-being and mental health than the pre-pandemic situation. So they're noticing that it wasn't good with a significant difference in gender. So they said that women did a little bit better than the men did, which, you know, Um, at the same time, it's evident that the spiritual and religious practices are a protective factor. Now, this isn't the church taking a poll. This is the world. They were a protective factor in connecting not only with psychological and mental, but also physical health. Wow. Finally, it appears evident that the family is also a protective Mm -hmm. factor with respect to mental health. Even in a period so full of stress factors, those who did not live alone, and especially those who had to take care of small children, which was us, um, reported higher perceived mental health and a greater ability to activate coping resources. So basically they're saying that... And this isn't the church taking right. this poll. Right. That those that had a spiritual connection of some sort yes. and those that had a family connection of some Ooh, some sort did better. Yes. So even the world knows what God has been telling us for ages that Come we on. need to be connected to him, engaged yeah. to him, and engaged to each other. Yeah. Um, 
the world even sees that. Yeah, and and here's here's what we want to say because when we preach a message on engagement, it's natural for people that are listening to go. Of course, you're going to say this. You want me to sign up for children's ministry? You know, it's it's always that idea. It's bigger than that, right? That's what I'm saying. It, it's not about us. This is not a message to come come get engaged in the things of the church. We want you to, but the reality is, is even the world sees the value of being engaged in a religious organization. It's true. There is so much value. You said it was psychological, it was mental, and it was physical. Yep. It affected all of those. That is amazing. All those areas. That's so good. Here's the deal. What I've noticed in church today is we have a tendency to be on two different sides of a spectrum, right? It's either all about theology or it's all about experience. And I want you to know that our desire, that I believe the church's desire, the healthy church desire, is that we would have both of those in a healthy church, Christian life, balanced diet. So true. We need the richness of the word. There is such an importance of knowing the word, the context of the word, and living the word. That's right. But we also need experience with God. Now, I've, I've, I've listened to all different kinds of preachers, and I've, he- I've heard preachers, especially on the reform side, that say, you know, emotionalism and experiences and all that stuff, that does nothing, that's just hype, and people come in and they get, they get emotionally driven, but they're right. not substance. And I have to 110% disagree with you because I believe that God gave us emotions That's right. and he's given us experiences in the word where people had an emotional and experience with God, That's right. you know, and so you need that, but you can't be driven by an experience, by the lights, the atmosphere, the, 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 the adventure in a room, whatever's happening, you know, right. we're all excited, hyped up. You have to have the richness and the stability of the word. So when we're talking about engagement, it's both. That's right. It's not one or the other. It's both. Yeah. I know with our church history, we grew up in a very charismatic church, we right? Yeah. We were there all yeah. the time. All our the time. parents brought us. We were like the first ones to get there, the last ones to leave kind That's of right. deal. We had the three um, L's. You remember the three L's? Late, loud, and long. Late, <laughs> loud, and long. Cool. Yeah, and it's really bad when you're in a almost three-hour service and then the pastor starts talking about yeah. food. Yeah. Um, but I remember that as a kid. Um, but I also remember um, there was a moment where I didn't want to be there necessarily. Right. You know, or when the pastor talked, I don't know what he was talking about. You know, I'm like, I'm not relating to any of this. But I also know years later that the word doesn't come back void and the experiences don't uh, erase from my memory. And I know that that impacted me in such a way that it affects me now to this day. So I know the importance of being in the church body and even us walking through pastoring people, we get to see firsthand the effects of when people aren't engaged and right. when they are engaged. Yes. And, and it's a completely different oh, set preach. of people. And, and here's the deal. Like we've been doing this now. This is our 13th year, right? Yes. So we've seen people like we have done the extensive research and we've seen people come and go. And literally we've watched the people that are truly engaged with God and his church they excel. That's right. They excel. And those that come and go and are not truly plugged in, it's the same thing yes. over and over again. And and it, I wish that we could like wake people up and go, come on. But that, it always comes back down to like, well, that's what you're supposed to tell me because you're the pastor and you're selling me all. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is something yeah. we've seen proven. Even if we didn't pastor, this would be our lifestyle that's because right. 
we see the fruit of it. it you can't, we can't deny the fruit of being connected into right. God and the body. That's right. That's, so, that's such yeah. a good point. I want to share this as we kind of break down Acts 2 for you today. I hope you still have your Bibles open Acts 2. It says this in the very beginning, and they devoted themselves to what? The apostles' teaching, mm-hmm. the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. There's nothing supernatural about that. That's all basic, relational, practical steps. And then it says, it leads to, so the next sentence is is building off of the first. It says, and, so there's a continuation, and, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. That's radical. That's supernatural. So just in the first two sentences alone, we see that the practical steps of being engaged led to supernatural encounters with God. So that tells us we need both, right? We need both. If we want those supernatural encounters, we have to be practical as a church. Oh, this is going to preach today in 2022. (laughs) I'll say this to you because sometimes we, we don't realize the context, the historical context. Thousands of people call them pilgrims, came to, not America, they came to Jerusalem at the time okay. and this was going on. They came because there was a festival and they came to honor their religious obligations. Mm-hmm. So in this moment of Pentecost, there were thousands of people from outside of the region in Jerusalem for this time. Okay. God just so happens to, intentionally, yeah. pours out his spirit on this time. And it says that thousands, 3,000 souls were given to Jesus that moment. So let me just show you something that you may not have seen if you've read this chapter like I have many times. Those thousands of people could not go back to their houses and homes in in other areas and and plug into the local church. There was no local church. That's a good point. There was no local church anywhere. This was the only church. So now imagine this. You had an encounter with God. Peter just led you in this declaration of of salvation. You've just been baptized. What do you do? Well, you engage into a brand new religion and you move your whole family. You're now plugged into Jerusalem. I'm not leaving this city because I have nowhere else to go. I don't know. I don't have a Bible to take with me. Wow. I, I mean, I don't have anything, but I have these apostles to teach us. I wonder what the church back then would think of us now if they oh. looked and said, wow, you guys have a church on every corner. And we, and we don't any, even want to travel 30 minutes. Right. You have everything accessible to you, but you right. don't really engage in it. Right. So think about that for a moment. If you were back then, you would have totally relocated and engaged in a whole different way because there was nothing else being preached and taught and encountered like this new religion called the way. I want to talk to you about the Acts Church and how they were committed to one another in Acts 2. The Acts church was committed to, number one, to teaching. Teaching is so important. Growing, being empowered by the word. It is paramount. We must be taught the word, and we must live out the word. They were taught by the disciples and the apostles. Number two, they were committed to relationships and giving. It says that they were in fellowship, They were eating together, they shared the possessions, and they gave to one another. So out of their relationship, they actually wanted to give to one another. Now remember, thousands of people, brand new converts, Mm -hmm. no one knew each other. And so now all of a sudden, you're up on the scene. I don't know you, but I'm in relationship with you now. And now I'm giving to you. I'm selling my home, 
and I'm going, you're struggling financially? I'm going to sell my home, and I'm going to give you money to take care of your life. That's amazing. That's cool. Like, it's like a natural byproduct of being in his presence. His Generosity. Exactly. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. Number three, they were committed to prayer. Prayer is so important. I wish that we would get the power of this. I wish yeah. we understood it even deeper than what we do. I want to grow in this. We want to grow in this. Prayer activates things in the atmosphere that we can't see. That's right. They were committed to prayer. In fact, it was in prayer and worship that the Holy Spirit came. Mm. That's right. So if we want an encounter with God, we have to be committed like the Acts Church was to prayer. Number four, they were committed to daily, say daily. Daily. Daily, not daily, daily, <laughs> daily interaction. That means they didn't just see each other on Sundays yeah. or in their Wednesday intensive purposes, Saturday, Friday night yeah. at sundown. They, they were interacting with one another. On so like, like I would be seeing people. Uh, I always pick on Mike Norseal. I'd see Mike Norseal on Monday. I'd see him on Tuesday. Probably see him on Thursday or Wednesday or Friday. We would be interacting daily with one another. And how many know that when you do that daily, you become truly in love with each other? Yeah, connected, connected. and engaged. Yeah. Yes. Number five, they were full and committed to a thankful attitude. That's a good one. Let's talk about that from parental standpoint. Right. There's nothing worse than when you give of yourself, especially to your family <laughs> yeah. with no thank you. Right. Right. <laughs> and and the and the parent trick is this, right? Like especially with little kids, you hand them something. Yeah. What do you say? What do you say? <laughs> I feel like sometimes as as older people we should be going, what do you say? Yeah. You know I wonder if God says it to us, what do you oh, say? Oh <laughs> come on now. I know he does. Sometimes he's like, Mark, what did you what do you say? I'm so thankful. But they have a thankful attitude. That means they were glad they were generous. Guess what else? They were praising God. Praising and the result was what? Favor with the people. Mm-mm-mm. When you have a thankful attitude, people extend favor to you. Yeah. And, and things are added unto you. Yes. It's pretty. Yes. It's an upside down kingdom. We always talk about that. Right. Right. It's amazing. It's all about love. And number six, the last one. The Acts Church was committed to. I left this for the last one. Yeah, no, committed crazy. to persecution. And boldness. Yes. How many can say amen right Ooh. now? Turn to somebody and say amen. That's persecution. We love persecution. <laughs> Let me explain to you what happened in scripture. Acts 5, verse 40. The apostles were caught and brought in by the priests. And it says this. It says, when they, the priests, had called in the apostles, they beat them. Wow. They beat them. Now, this wasn't just like, oh, you stop that. Stop. No, no, no. They beat them. They and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and then let them go. Now, next sentence, verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Wow. Wow. Thank you, God, that I was beaten close to death. Lord, what an honor it is. Verse 42, and every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. When they were beaten and they were persecuted, they ramped it up a notch. I don't know that we're there. <laughs> the Western church, the church of America is not there. Yeah. I don't know if we're there. Yeah, that's... that's, that's real engagement to the Lord. Like mm. no matter what it costs Praising or does God. to me, I am committed to the call to make disciples. And if to- I were to say this, we're not, we're not a church that loves persecution. We're a church that loves complaining. Uh, comfort. 
comfort and complaining. <laughs> but there is a second part to this boldness, Acts 4, verse 29. It says, and now, this is what the apostles were saying. This is what the new church was saying. And now, look, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathering together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. When they were persecuted, they did not pray for protection. They did not pray that it would cease. Wow. They did not pray that God would remove them. They prayed for boldness that they would continue on. Wow. And as they prayed for this, they had another Holy Spirit Pentecost moment. Wow. The whole house was shaken. Anyone in the room that was not filled with the Holy Spirit got filled instantly and they began to be filled with boldness. Wow. I am so convicted by this. Yeah. It makes you question if we're praying the right way. <laughs> we're praying for God to take things and instead of praying for the boldness of what right. he's putting, right. making us go through, right. maybe there's something in that for us and we can have That's a it. moment like that. And, and, and here's the deal. We pray, God, don't let us be persecuted, but really we should be saying, Lord, give us boldness because the persecution is coming. Mm. No doubt. We don't stand for social ideologies, what the world is saying, what our country is saying, what our, we don't fight for those things. We fight for biblical yeah. principles. We fight for the foundation of the word. This is what we live by. This is what we die with. Yes. We are not so focused on the external things. Everything that this word says, God, may it be part of who we are. And I will say this, engagement is radical obedience. It really doing those things that God's called you to do that you don't necessarily want to do, right. but you know it's the Lord, so you trust radical. Him and you're radical in that. Radical. And then through that, all these blessings follow you. It's, yeah. pretty, it's amazing. Yeah. Obedience, Scripture says, is greater than sacrifice. God is not looking for a church that just says we are the church. God is looking for a church that demonstrates it through radical obedience. Here's the deal. The gospel is the message. The church is the vehicle. Oh, that's good. The gospel is the message. The church is the vehicle mm -hmm. God chose to empower with the word. That's good. I know this. When I read through scripture, especially Paul's letters to the church, mm -hmm. Paul is not telling us, at least he's not the majority of the letters, saying, get alone. It's true. Get yourself in order. Make sure that your stuff is taken care of. The majority of his letters to the church are all about relationship, mm -hmm. making sure you're walking in forgiveness with one another, mm -hmm. watching out for false prophets, mm -hmm. taking care of your marriage, your children. It's The letters are all exhorting the body to be in relationship with one another because Paul knew that back then and even today, we would resist all the, the rubbing and the issues that we have with one another. Right. And we would want to retreat and say, well, I don't want to deal with Susan. I don't want to deal with, with Charlie and, and Karen and all these other people in church. So I'm just going to go home. God, Paul's saying, no, no, get it worked on because there's power in the gathering. There's power sure. being engaged in the church. Yep. And there's power with your own personal engagement yep. with God. We want all the assets of the body of Christ without putting in the investment Oh. We want the assets without the investment. That's good. And if you're stocks and all those kind of things, you know that's impossible. Right. Exactly. You got to invest. You got to invest. There you go. Well, why don't people, why don't we engage? You know, what stops us from being engaged? Right. 
Uh, well, number one, sometimes it's just plain ignorance. You know, some of us weren't taught the Bible and what it says that don't neglect the gathering right. of the saints, That's you it. know. Um, get connected to God. Learn to hear his voice. He's speaking. So sometimes it's just being taught what the word says and getting in there and knowing it so that yeah. we aren't ignorant to that. Number two, sometimes it's just busy. Ignorance. Let me just say this. Ignorance is bliss sometimes, right? Well. We like just pretending like we right. don't know the word. Because if so. you don't know, then right. you're not accountable. Right? I didn't know that was a sin, so I, you know, I'm just doing my thing. Oh That's kind of a weird it's voice. True. It's true. Number two, busyness. Yeah. You know, we oh, fill cool. our lives with so much. Yeah. Our lives are so full, yet the church and the people and hearing God and what he wants for our lives are not really a priority in the church. Wow. It, it really is. It's like we can, you know, work and our kids' activities and, you know, our personal time. What's the new thing now? We need... Um, the, uh, my, my, my me time? Yeah, me my, time. My, my. I need to get refreshed. What do we call it? I forget oh, what we call oh, it. Oh, it's called... Um, I put you on the spot. Yeah, but, you know, um, we we focus so much on that nowadays still that we don't, we don't... <laughs> you're still thinking about it. <laughs> I'll get it at the end of this We message. end up filling our lives with all this stuff that we don't have time for anything in the church. Yeah. We don't have any... We don't have time to hear from the Lord because we're just going, going, going. Yeah. So busyness can also be a thing that stops us from engagement. Number three is hurt. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's and, so good. And have you been hurt that's by so the true. church? Absolutely. Have you been hurt by people? Yes. You know, that is just natural. Right. It's going to happen. Yes. It will continue to happen. Yes. Even God said, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble yeah. is being hurt by people. Right, right. And, that's right. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't continue to, to keep getting engaged into what God has, into the church, into yeah. his people. Yeah. Find the right people. Yeah. Um, don't let hurt pull you away from what God has from that's you. That's right. Number four, theology. Yes. Uh, we talked about this. You know, yeah. it's like sometimes people come to a, a body, they come to a church, or they're friends with people that agree with everything they say. Everything, right. right it's right, like we're right. friends because we right. get along. We have the yeah, same yeah. thing. Yeah. We have you're the same Arminian. ideas. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, the right. churches, this church preaches what I love. Right, right, right. Yeah. Rarely do we want to get engaged to a church that says some things that we might not necessarily agree with, or we don't want to be in relationship with a person that says things that rub us the wrong way. But really, if we're going to grow and mature and be right. engaged, we need this in our lives. Yes. We need a church that challenges us to say, you know what? Go a little deeper. You yeah. find out for yourself. Yes. Or people, what does it say? Iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. People that sharpen us and say, you know what? Go a little deeper. Yeah. See what the issue is I have. So, so theology stops engagement because what it says is I'm unteachable. Oh, I have it all figured out. There's nothing I can learn in this community or even from the Lord. Yep. I've already figured it out. In fact, when we begin to build our encampments around our personal understandings of mm -hmm. God, we limit the ability to learn. We will always be learning about God. In fact, I believe all of us, every Christian, every Bible-believing theologian will go before Jesus and have something they missed and something That's they got true. wrong. That's true. Because we can't understand the goodness right. and the, the, uh, the complexity of God and his nature exactly. with our own little dinky little minds. And if we think that we can fully know the creator of the universe right. in go. our lifetime— 
then that that goes back to ignorance. Yeah, I, you know, here's the deal. I, I wish that people would see this. I, I, this is what we believe: is that we don't pick a church because it does everything. It checks off all the boxes in our personal That's life. That's right. We pick a church because the Holy Spirit leads us there. Exactly. Bam. Because that means there's something for you to do there, in that body. Do it again. Yeah. Verse five. Uh, number, number five. five um, sometimes it's hard to get engaged because of the demonic or the principalities and powers over a region. They yeah. are real, They're the real. demonic, that, that we're more spiritual beings than human beings. You know, that spiritual on, that realm, again. we're more spiritual beings than human beings. You know, we're created to know about that yes. realm. And it's the enemy's job. Listen, he is trying to get us to not notice that because his biggest fear is for us to come together and have another Pentecost moment in that upper room because he knows that when we're connected to God and each other, things are going to be moving. So what does it say? The enemy's out to steal, kill, and destroy. He's after us. He's after us to separate us, to get us in our own minds. And so we have to be aware that there's principalities that we have to cast out and come into alignment with God's word so that we can come together in power. Let me me say this, because if if you're looking at this and you're thinking, how does the demonic stop my engagement? Well, let me give you some examples of principalities and powers. They are governmental. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe that governments are against Jesus, just look at nations like China it's true. Look at all these persecuted nations where they are going after Christians. Like, let's not be closed-minded Western yeah. culture people. Don't be naive. Yeah, let, let, let's, let's not fully trust our government, you know, whether it's Republican or Democrat. We are following. No, no, no. We realize that we wrestle against principalities and powers. That's right. And the demonic wants you to not be engaged in the power. That's right. Of the gospel, he knows if and we the get the power, then there's no stopping us. That's right. And you know what? You know what's a good encouragement? That the church in China, from last I heard, it's the second largest. I believe it's the second largest. It may be the first. I don't know where it's all kind of go back and forth. The second largest or the second fastest growing church wow. in the world. You know what else I heard was they were um, saying exactly what you were saying earlier was don't pray that we're not persecuted. Right. We don't, we don't want that. Because they're experiencing the things that we want to experience. Yeah. And yeah. so they know the persecution is just part of it. And so yeah. our prayer is that the Western church, our church, you know, would get that revelation. That's and right. we would be those people. Yeah. Um, and lastly would be number six, lack of reverence and awe of God. You know, this is the God, the holy God of the universe that we can sometimes just take flippantly, like, whatever, he's just there, you know? Like, he's like a little side dish on our meal, wow. and he's not like the main dish, the main dish. in our lives, yeah. you know? It's like people say, I want the meat. Well, God is the meat, and you know, and if we don't concentrate and focus on the awe and reverence that he has over our lives and acknowledge it and not flippant about it, we're going to miss a lot of things. So the church needs to be engaged in the wonder and the awe and the adoration go back to some adoration towards god and what he does over our lives bring that that word back (laughs) adoration (laughs) like 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 the 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 healthy fear and all of god yeah we don't hear these words reverence right you know it's like god i am so enamored by you that i'm i'm like blown away by your beauty and your majesty and your provision in Mm -hmm. my life i'm blown away that your word is still life when i read it whoo like, it still hits me. Thousands of years, 
It's right. still impacting us. Yeah, that you still love us. That you still take care of you're us. You're intricately involved in my life. Yes, that you would speak to us. Yeah. He actually speaks to us. I mean, it's that they didn't have that back in the day where we have full right. access right. to That's that. Right. That's and right. some of us just neglect it. Like it's, There's no it's awe not, and fear. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm personally, I'm asking the Lord to sh- reveal himself. But even before I say that, is that my understanding my sensitivity would increase to him. Mm, yes. That I wouldn't be keep, God, I want an encounter with you. No, you're encountering me right now. I'm just right. not paying attention. There's holy moments There's in every holy moment. holy moments. We got to stop. You know, I've, I've heard so many people tell me, you know, um, this has happened so many times over the last 13 years. We've, we've prayed for people for a job or a land or a spouse or mm-hmm. all of these things, children, and then we get it and then we disconnect from God. That's right. And, and, and it blows me away, and I've watched this, and sometimes I think, like, Lord, maybe you shouldn't give me what I'm praying for if it takes me away from being in you and being engaged with you. It's good. You know, we pray for things, and those things become our God. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like if we were truly engaged with the Lord, yeah. we're only going to pray the things that he wants for our lives. Right. It would be, it would shift. Like instead right. of me praying for this, because that's what I want, I would be in tune. Like, you know what? No, I'm going to pray for this because I know that's what God wants for my life. God wants. Here's the deal. All throughout Acts. And again, we know that Acts, what that means is it's the Acts of the apostles. It's mm-hmm. the Acts of the church, the, the demonstration of it. And it says all throughout these different encounters, it keeps saying the Lord added to their number day by day, those being saved. So God builds his church. Mm-hmm. And when we are engaged with what God is doing, both personally and corporately, mm-hmm. the natural flow is growth. It's, yeah. Lost people want to be part yeah. of it. We will grow in our walk with God and we will be blessed. We can testify to that. That's right. That's and, and so I brought a prop. Is that okay? Okay. Because I know see. it's prop time. Let's it's it's about time what, for props. What you got? I, I got something here I want to show you. This is a light. Anybody remember these things? This little light. This is a lamp, actually. And here's the thing about this lamp. I want you to see this. That this lamp is in itself functional as a piece of furniture, right? Because you could spend a lot of money on a lamp and even like the shade, like you can, you can put different shades on here and people like, I know even for you, like you're real particular about what kind of lights, right? I I like certain lights. Yeah. Right. So, so this in itself is, is a lamp in name only. Like it's a light. Uh, Let's do that. It's a light in name only. Right. Because what's the word light mean? Illumination, right? So this is a light. We call this a light. Turn on the lights, you know. But but it's really just the light in name only. But when it gets, come on now with the title of my message. When it gets plugged in. Now hold that plug for a minute. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get the. I gotta get the power. Come on now. I gotta get the the dunamis, the power of God. Look, you can even see it. It's already illuminated. Come on now, Holy Spirit. When when it gets when it gets plugged in. Mm -hmm. Come on now. It gets plugged into something greater than itself. Then it becomes what it was destined to be. Ooh, that's bright. That's a 60 water. It becomes <laughs> what it was. The cameramen are like, what are you doing? <laughs> My exposures. It, it becomes what it was intended to be. It's illumination. So this is in light is only in name only. Mm. But when you 
plug it in to the power. So you're good. engaged into the gospel. That's you're good. engaged into the church. You not only become in name only, but now you're in function as well. See, I don't want to just be a Christian in name only, but I want to be a Christian that walks in power, in dynamite right. power. I want to know the word. I don't want to just walk around with my Bible and just say, yeah, I got a Bible. Yeah, I know where Matthew and Mark are. Yep. I want to be a man that can quote the word, that can live the word, that demonstrates the word. Are we, are we, are we tracking today? I love this. So love this, this. this is what it's all about. Right. It's about a being engaged with God and being engaged with each other. That's so good. It's so good. You like my prop? <laughs> I love the prop. Go turn your lights on right now. <laughs> It'll be a reminder that I'm more than just a lamp. Yes. I am an illumination for the world. If you want power, you got to be plugged in. That's true. Yeah. Engagement is not just for 2022. Engagement is a lifestyle. Lord, may we be engaged in all that you have for us. Lord, we declare right now that we, first of all, repent for not being engaged in what you are engaged in. We say, God, not only during this fast do we want to be people of your word and prayer, but even way past January and our fast, may we be people of your word, may we be people of your prayer, and may we be people of relationship, one with each other and also with you. God, we repent for not being engaged, but we say and, and we declare right now that we will be a church fully engaged with what you are speaking and what you are doing. And Lord, may our relationship relationships benefit, may our health benefit, may our mental and our physical bodies benefit. That's what society says, that when you're plugged into religion, you're plugged into God, something's different. And I'm telling you right now, as Acts said it, not because they were devoted to themselves, but they were also devoted to the word, to one another. They were devoted. And the act was that thousands Mm. Come on now. People will be added to the church daily. If we want an upper room experience, we got to get engaged. That's it. So we bless you today. Thank you for being a church that's engaged. That's right. Be blessed. We love you guys. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening to Southview Church. Southview Church is a non-denominational, multicultural, multi-generational, Holy Spirit-filled and led community. We believe that who the sun sets free is truly free. If you would like to connect with us further, check us out at southview.cc and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.